Hello, and welcome to the Finding the Magic podcast. My name is Trisha Copeland. I'm an author and host of this show. I write fantasy, romance, and dystopian sci-fi titles and love reading in those genres as well. In this podcast, I hope to introduce you to new authors and books. This is season one, episode 30, and to celebrate, I have best-selling author Christina Benjamin with me today. Listen in as I talk to Christina about her mini book titles. Hi, Christina. Hi, how are you? Thank you for being here today. Oh, it's so good to see you again. You as well. I can't believe it's been so long since we've seen each other. I know. When did we first meet? Was it Utopia? I think it was. I was thinking back. I went to Utopia in 2015 for the first time. So that may have been it. Yeah, and that was my very first book con ever. Okay. I choose a good one to start with. (laughs) It was a good one. I published my book like my first book like a month before then, but I didn't have a table. I was just kind of there just checking everything out. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So was that that was it was my second book had just come out. Um, I was still working and like wanted to do books full time, but wasn't really sure how to do that. And that conference just gave me so many tools. It kind of like opened my eyes to the world of indie publishing. And I swear I met so many incredible authors there. And all of you guys are still probably my best core group of author friends that I still talk to, like whether we get together or not, like I feel like we're all in this like writing sisterhood, which is so wonderful. It is so much fun. And it's the same for me. Like I met, well, I already knew Tia. She's the one that kind of got me there. Tia Bach, who was my editor, and um, you know her as well. And she writes yeah. under Tia Silverthorn Bach. But um, yeah, so I met her. I met Joe through her. And then, wow, yeah, just so many names. I mean, Carlisle, Libachet, and Tia Fernandez. And yeah, yeah Casey Bond, um, Kelly Risser, like Kelly Martin. I'm like, the list could go on forever, right? Yeah. <laughs> It was cool because we were all kind of there learning together and we've all stuck with it, which is just, I think, remarkable in any industry, especially in indie type of industry. Yes. So I think we have a good group. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about the indie community. Everybody is just there to help each other. Yeah, I've learned so much from you guys. And I think that's what's cool is that we're all willing to share. And I think we knew I just got this feeling from that group right from the beginning that like we were all there in it together to learn and share. And I love, I think it was, um, was it one of Janet's mottos lift as you climb? Yeah. Like whoever came up with that, I just loved it because I really feel like we totally took that on and we still, you know, find out about cool signings or things that, you know, are going on in the industry and we let each other know and invite each other. I mean, just like you reaching out to me about this podcast, I thought that was really cool. Well, I'm very excited to have you here today and talk about all your books. I, so for people who are listening, I send all the authors questions beforehand and I kind of read over what they get send back. And I had no clue that Christina has what, five, 10 names and right <laughs> Five different genres. I've followed her as Christina Benjamin and know about her fantasy as well as her romance books, but I'm super excited to hear about 
all the other genres as well. So let's jump in. Where do you want to start, Christina? I guess we'll start with my newest book, which is under my real name, Christina Benjamin, which is one of my pen names. Um, I just had um, Offsides with my ex-boyfriend come out yesterday. So I've been just riding high on a new book release. And I did my Facebook party yesterday, and that was super fun. Um, so that pen name is probably what most of my books are under. I have over 50. I kind of stopped counting after that because I'm like, I just, they're all up here. It's really hard to keep track of. Um, but most of my books, I'd say the majority are under Christina Benjamin. And that pen name, I tried to keep everything as YA and sweet romance. Um, so I think it's good that if you weren't looking for me or like just wanted to read everything that I've personally written, that you're kind of just getting advertisements and like fed that type of book, because that's why I decided ultimately to separate all my books out by genre was because the very first book I ever wrote was almost middle grade. It's kind of like borderline middle grade, young adult fantasy. And then I started writing the practice boyfriend series. And at the time it was all under Christina Benjamin, um, but the practice boyfriend is a little bit more upper level YA, kind of like Gossip Girl. And then I was going to school to speak to fourth and fifth graders about um, the Geneva books, which were my first books in the fantasy world. And I'm like, you know, I don't want them to just like get on Amazon, read all the Geneva books and then be like, oh, she wrote this, let me try this too. And then, you know, just be like, whoa, this is completely different. So I thought, all right, let's just kind of separate these. So I put the first five Geneva books. It used to be called the Geneva Project. We rebranded. It's now called the Geneva Summer Series. It has really cool graphic covers that I had illustrated that I just love. Um, so that we just like did the whole rebrand at once and moved them over to um, CJ Benjamin. And then I started doing all of my um, sweet romance and YA books under Christina Benjamin. Okay, very cool. So yeah, that, I didn't know you had moved the Geneva series over. And I write in very similar genres, all my romances faded to black, and I've kept the same name for all my books. But every once in a while, I'm like, Oh, should I put the fantasy somewhere else? And it, it's just all too much to think of. And then I'm just like, yeah. I do nothing. But um, I think mostly because I do do that fade to black people can pick up it they wouldn't be totally shocked and I don't have fourth and fifth graders like it all starts yeah. at about 12 or 13 so yeah yeah but I don't know it would be how that would be beneficial yeah there's two schools of thoughts and there's a lot of benefits to either way just having everything all in one um or separating it out like that I mean I'll never know whether this was the right way. And that's like the great thing about indie is there is no right or wrong way. It's whatever is right for you. Um, because I can totally see how I would benefit from just having everything in one place because now having so many pen names, because I also have um, Bella Knight, which is my paranormal romance and CJ Cross, which is my new um, thriller mystery. You kind of feel that, need to keep publishing in each genre to keep it relevant so I would think that is like one of the pressures that I don't love about having it there because you know you want to put your all into what you're working on but sometimes that means that not every pen name is getting fed as much as you would like 
But I also see a lot of benefits of Amazon helping with the also bots when I have them separated out like that. So, you know, people that are looking for thrillers are getting thriller books. When they see my book, they're seeing other books in that genre, as opposed to when I had them all together. Because I mean, I'm all over the place. I have a travel book. Like you're looking at my YA book and there's a travel book and you're getting advertisements for like all this other stuff that maybe isn't right and can kind of confuse readers. So I think that's why I took that route. And um, like I said, there's no right or wrong way. It's been working for me. And I think I genre hop because that's how I read. So when I'm writing my YA, I'll be reading fantasy because I don't want to like get influenced by what I'm reading. But then I finish my YA book and I'm like, man, now I have all these like fantasy thoughts like running around my head. I should do fantasy next. So I feel like that's how I've gotten pulled in so many different directions, but it keeps it fun and exciting. I do the same thing. Like when I'm writing my fantasy books, I don't read fantasy because I don't want other influence coming in there. I'll read a romance. And then after I finish my fantasy book or like a really heavy, my heavy dystopian book, I'm like, okay, now I need to write a romance. So I think you feel that pressure, even even if it's under one blanket to like, yeah, with all your readers, because I definitely have a romance segment and then my fantasy segments. And some people will read everything, but a, a lot of people just like to kind of stay in their genre. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think when I finished my um, Geneva books, they're very like dystopian fantasy. And that was my first kind of try at writing novels. And so it was one consecutive series, like you have to read them in order. And when I finished, I think it took me a year to write each book. So there's five books. I was like, this is five years of my life. Like, what do I do next? You know, I feel like at that point, those characters were like a part of my life. So it was really like hard to find my next direction I felt aimless for a while for sure and my husband is like you need a palate cleanser just start something new something completely different and at the time I had been like re-binge watching Gossip Girl and Pretty Little Liars so I was like okay I'm gonna do something like that and so I wrote The Practice Boyfriend in like kind of seven days or something I was like, oh my gosh, that was so easy. Like, this is what it's like not to write an epic fantasy that takes five years of your life. So I fell in love with that and kind of doing these like sweet little standalones that are just like slice of life and bring you back to that nostalgic time of high school. And I really kind of got pulled into that world and I wrote 11 books in the Boyfriend series. Yeah, I haven't read. So I picked up your book yesterday, your new release. I'm so excited to read it. I've read a couple from, um, I can't remember which series it was. But um, so yeah, I'm really happy to, and excited to read this one because I'm editing my fantasy right now. And I'm like, okay, I'm <laughs> going to get on my treadmill. I'm going to read this book and just be transported. <laughs> yes. So it's, this new one is, um, it's still YA. And I ended up doing this joint project with um, Maggie Dolan and Stephanie Street, who also do write um, in this YA genre. And Maggie reached out to me and she's like, I want to do a multi-author project. It's going to be in one world and it's going to be three tomboys that are all friends. They all go to different schools. And so we kind of just worked together to come up with the concept and then each ran with our story. And that was uh, called The Trouble with Tomboys. And when we put those books out, it was a rapid release. Um, and it was just like 
the most wildly fun, successful project I've been a part of. And I ended up right loving it so much, like just totally got absorbed in these characters. And it was really fun to be playing off other writers. Um, so I got a lot of motivation and inspiration to keep going. So I wrote a another tomboy book, new series, but it kind of like when you read those three from Trouble with Trouble with Tomboys, you went into my How to Date a Tomboy series. And so I have just had the most amazing reader feedback. I get these great emails from people that are either like, my kid is reading this and thank you so much because like they're connecting with these girls. Um, or I remember, you know, being a tomboy in high school and you nailed this or that or whatever. Um, so it's been really cool because, you know, we just did it because we're like, this is fun. This is like something that we were going to enjoy writing. And we didn't expect it to really resonate with so many people. So that's been really cool. So I think I'm probably best known for my tomboy books. So that's kind of why I decided to do this series. There's going to be two more books. So it's more tomboy stuff. And I think it's funny because <laughs> I was a bit of a tomboy growing up. But if you know me now, I'm like the least athletic person. So it's so funny when I'm like talking about like high school sports and I feel like people are looking at me like, did you actually play a sport? <laughs> but I'm like, it's fiction, you know. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I, I was kind of a tomboy, but I wasn't coordinated. Like I would climb trees and my dad taught me to play football and softball but I wasn't really ever very good at any of those things. So I was in the band and that's about as far as I got. Yeah. See, I went to this tiny high school in the middle of like rural, like Pennsylvania that there really wasn't a lot of kids. It was seventh through 12th grade. So we did everything. Like you played sports, you were in the band, you were in like drama. So I, I mean, I loved it. I feel like I got to do a little bit of everything. And growing up, I had a brother and all my neighbors were boys and like we would just run around in the woods and I rode horses. And so I think I just love being able to pull fun things from my actual childhood to put into some of this high school writing. And this book, um, I was answering reader questions last night on Facebook because I did a little release party. Um, so it's a little bit different than all of my other high school YA because it takes place at a summer camp. Because I was like, we got to change this up. I've written like, I don't even know, 20 books and they all take place at like these different high schools. So I was looking for a way to kind of make it creative and different. So it's three weeks of a summer sports camp. And I was just like cracking myself up writing it because I was remembering the one year I went to field hockey camp and um, it was a co-ed campus. So there was like boys sports going on and then girls field hockey. And we would just sneak out every night to like meet up with the guys and just like challenge each other to see like who was faster, like hide and go seek in the woods. And because I think we were like probably like 14 or 15. But it's so funny because you pull things from real life and you never think like, oh, I'm going to someday write a book about this, you know, but it's just so cool. That's what I love about this career. That is so fun. Yeah, I have one summer camp book but the main character is a counselor. And I drew on from my own experience for that book because I had so much fun being a camp counselor with all, with the kids, number one, but with the other counselors too. I mean, yeah. it was an amazing experience. Oh my gosh. I, I bet that was like going back to summer camp for you. Like that's probably so fun. Yeah. It, it was kind of was because it was in South Georgia. It was hot. It was humid. You had tons of <laughs> bugs. And yeah. <laughs> I only went to Girl Scout camp as a kid, so it was different having a co-ed experience and 
being older and being able to go places and drive. Yeah. Like, we always used to take weekend trips to like blow off steam after the kids left. So that's so fun. So in this series, um, so it's three books, three girls, three different sports in three weeks. So um, the first one is about um, Emerson and Knox, and they are soccer players. And the slogan is, is there anything worse than being coached by your ex? So Emerson shows up, and this is her summer before her senior year is about to start. And she's like, there with her best friend, Max, who plays softball. And they're like, this is our summer. We're totally like claiming this is ours, girl power. They're listening to Beyonce to get all pumped up and stuff. And um, they find, Emerson finds out that her ex-boyfriend is now the girl's like soccer assistant coach. And of course he gets assigned to coach her team. So she's like, oh my gosh, this is my worst nightmare because they had this big dramatic breakup. She hasn't seen him for a year. They haven't spoken. And not only that, her, her nemesis, who supposedly moved away, is now back and on her soccer team and trying to date her ex-boyfriend. So, like, we have drama from every angle. And it was just so fun to write because, I mean, I could really see it happening, you know? Like, especially when you're putting together athletes from all over, all different sports, like, people who normally their paths wouldn't cross, like, it was just a really fun project to write. That does sound super fun. I can't wait to dive in. I have my copy on my Kindle, so I'm going to get on my treadmill tonight and, and read away. <laughs> We're actually getting rain here, so that's a little weird, so I have to be inside. Aww. <laughs> I'm, I'm too much of a wimp to run in the cold rain, so. Oh my gosh, I don't blame you. I don't run at all. I do yoga. <laughs> that's nice. So, tell, so that's your romances under Christina Benjamin, correct? Yeah. And then tell me, so then CJ Cross is mystery thriller, right? Yeah. How did you jump into that? That seems like a big change. Like that's the only genre I, well, I don't write like super horror, scary horror, or slasher horror, and I, but I haven't jumped into mystery at all. Yeah. So it's something I was curious about for a long time because next year I'll be doing this for 10 years so I'm kind of always looking at the business side of it like how to prolong this as a career and you know what's the next move and one of the biggest and fastest growing genres in publishing is thrillers and mysteries so I've always just been curious about that genre those are actually the books I kind of started reading for fun when I first was like oh you can actually pick up a book for fun not because you were assigned by school I read um I think it was a Michael Crichton book and just kind of like just got sucked in um so I've always kind of had the love for that and I mean who doesn't love a mystery I totally got obsessed with all the Dan Brown books and all of that um so I went to a writing conference called Link um I want to say in 2018 or 2019 and um, I think 80% of the authors that were there were men and they were writing thrillers. There was a big group of romance women too um, and they were so nice and I like found a lot of them to talk to but no one really wrote YA. So I didn't have like my niche of authors or writers to kind of you know chat with about the business. 
So I ended up meeting a bunch of these thriller writers and just like we hit it off. My husband, um, who I think you've met, he comes to like all the conferences with me because he's basically my publisher and he does all of my covers and marketing and that kind of stuff. And so he was like, oh my gosh, like love that there was a bunch of male writers because I feel like that never happens at these conferences. So we hung out um, with a group and just kind of kept in touch over the years and we would do like writing sprints to, together and just cheer each other on, like, you know, how we all do for each other when we have releases and stuff like that. Um, so one of the authors, L.T. Ryan, um, reached out to me. We've continued to stay in touch um, throughout the years and like we'll visit each other when we're near towns that we live in and stuff like that. Um, so he reached out to me and he's like, what are you guys, like, what are you up to? What are you writing right now? Like, what's next on your list? And I happen to be on my yearly writing retreat. I usually try to start the year and just get as much written from January to February as I can. Um, and I was like, you know, I'm just working on more of these YA books when I was writing these. And I actually wrote all three in two months and didn't get any of them published until now because we was like, let's get together. Let's put our heads together. And like, we need to work on something. Cause we've been saying that just joking around since we first met, like, oh, we're going to do like a romance thriller together or something like that, you know? And so the timing just finally worked out for us to reconnect. And um, he is kind of launching a, a new publishing platform um, and bringing other authors on and stuff like that too. So he wanted to start this publication press called Without Warrant. Um, so it's going to be a lot of thriller writers that he's helping coach um, in the genre and like helps put together the plot and everything. So we had a great time just sitting together, coming up with this crazy idea. Cause he goes, pitch me an idea. Like, what do you think would be a great thriller? And I'm just like, like off the top of my head, I was like, what if there was this librarian and he just starts laughing. He's like, a librarian <laughs> is not a thriller. <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, no. I don't know. Some pretty librarian, librarian. like in the basement of the Smithsonian and all these like FBI cases keep pulling her in because weird things are happening throughout the world. And like, she's this witch doctor that they go to. And he's like, oh my God, I love it. So we just kind of sat down and outlined the first five books. And I was like, all right, I'm going to put the rest of my writing on hold and just kind of work on this and see where this goes. Because I just love, I feel like when opportunities come your way, um, this is such an amazing career that like we can switch gears and start things and try things that are new and, you know, follow new trends and stuff like that and help set the trends. So I was like, this is a great opportunity. And I always love trying new things and kind of expanding and growing my craft. And I thought this was a great way to do that. So that's how the Dana Gray series was born. Um, so I signed on with Liquid Mind Publishing um, for that series. And um, this is my first book, Girl Left Behind. I have the second one, Girl on the Hill. I think it comes out early next month. So it has been a whirlwind working on two different genres and trying to keep them straight. So far, I haven't killed off any YA characters <laughs> by accidentally thinking I was like writing in my thriller. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I think it's so inspiring to write with other authors. I've done anthologies, but I haven't co-written yet. So, but I've been talking to a number of authors on this podcast who say it's like so inspiring and so really keeps you going and motivated. 
So I think that might be the next thing I need to try. So that was BJ Cross. And I was thinking of the Nancy, like you saying, you know, the first books you read because you like to read books. Mine was Nancy Drew, like way back in the day. I love Nancy Drew. So that was hearkening some memories of me reading those. And the last one I think I read was like a, the YA thriller, One of Us is Lying. Have you seen those, that series? Did we get cut off? Can you hear me? Maybe no. Oh. Hi, sorry about that. It's Trisha again. We had a small glitch with the recording software, but we're coming right back. It's amazing how many genres Christina writes in. Let's continue learning about her mystery thrillers. So we were talking about Christina's mystery thriller books, and she writes under C.J. Cross. Christina, tell me the bases and about the characters in those books. Okay, so the concept is there is this Smithsonian librarian, her name is Dana Gray, and her parents were killed mysteriously when she was a teenager. So she's kind of devoted her life to figuring out what happened to them. And it has led her down this path of very strange ritualistic killings because you'll find out that that is kind of this mystery that was surrounding her parents' murder. So she ends up um, becoming this occult um, librarian for the Smithsonian. It's kind of this secret department of rare books underneath the museum that of course doesn't exist in real life but I thought why not this sounds really cool I would totally want this job um so her and one of her Georgetown interns um works down in this like little sub category of the Smithsonian um in their own spooky world just helping decipher grimoires and all these like really cool ancient texts so every once in a while the FBI will reach out to her and ask her to help consult in these strange cases that don't really make sense in the conventional world. So she kind of has this um, nickname of the witch doctor. So the FBI refers to her as, you know, let's call in the witch doctor because, you know, we found a pentagram on the floor at this murder scene. So um, she is the main character. The whole series is called the Dana Gray series. Um, but she kind of has this supporting cast of her assistant, Claire, who is like the goth version of Sailor Moon. She's just this like very out there quirky personality, but she's a little more in touch with reality than I would say Dana Gray is because she's just always got her head buried in a book and trying to figure out her parents' disappearance. Like that's all that, um, you know, really makes her tick. So her um, counterpart is this FBI agent. His name is um, Jake Shepard. And he is forced to call her into this case by his boss. And he hates working with a partner, especially somebody as just weird and quirky as this witch doctor. Um, but they kind of have this instant um, chemistry because they can't stand each other. So 
you know, they drive each other crazy, but in a good way. And the case ends up hitting really close to home. I don't want to give any spoilers away, but Dana gets very invested in it because she thinks it might lead to some answers about how her parents disappeared and stuff like that. So that was the premise for the first book. And when I pitched it, um, like we just could not stop thinking of ideas. And I like that it each book is kind of a new case. Um, I think there will be some like overarching storylines that will continue into all of them. Um, but it's, it's almost like a TV show. Like you sit down to watch one episode and they're trying to solve like one murder, one investigation, and then you hit the reset button and start over with the next case and the next book. So you can, I guess, read them as standalones, but they're definitely meant to be read as a series to kind of just see the progression of all the characters and where these cases take them. Very cool. Yeah, I like this type series. I got into watching Eye Zombie. Did you ever watch that CW series? No, I know what you're talking about, though, and I've heard it so good. Yeah, it's really good. Um, at first, I was kind of frustrated because the overarching story is kind of slow because they focus on one investigation after the other, and her character is a zombie. But because she's a zombie, when she eats the brain, she knows what happened to the person or she sees memories from the person. So that's how she's solving these cases. So, yeah, I got introduced to sort of that genre type crime show that way yeah. and now I love them so it's super fun I know it's so addicting and it's cool for me because I grew up being obsessed with the x-files um so this is like kind of my ode to like Scully and Mulder and um I'm also a big Bones fan so sometimes like it'll crack me up I'll be like wow this is just like a total Bones and Deuce moment so it has a lot of those elements um and I have just always been kind of attracted to that fantasy paranormal side. And I wanted to find a way to mix that in. Like if I was going to write thrillers, I wanted it to somehow be in my wheelhouse because I don't have that, you know, crime or police or military background that a lot of the thriller writers have, which makes them such great writers because they're pulling from like real life experiences and they understand the tactical side of things. So since I don't have that, I really wanted to have like something that I was passionate about. And I like having the like new paranormal twist for each one. So like the first one, they find a pentagram at the, the crime scene. Uh, the second one is like a missing person. But, you know, the way she ends up missing is just, you know, very spooky and not at all what you would normally see. So she gets called in on things and it's just it's very fun to write. Um, and I do have, I actually have a degree in criminal justice. So I'm like, I feel like maybe I'm sort of using that right now. <laughs> I'm like, did I finally find a way to use like writing and criminal justice together? <laughs> well, that totally makes sense. I mean, why you would write a mystery crime thriller then and then spin in a little bit of the fantasy paranormal that merges your two right? passions it, it right It feels there. perfect. It has been funny because I still will say I'm I'm a romance writer because I have to keep remembering like this is a series that we want to go at least five books or more and so I'm like okay the characters like can't get together yet and I'm so used to like you know writing YA we're like they kiss right away and then there's like reasons they can't be together and I'm like no 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 I have to keep building the tension and like keeping it going so it's so funny because I'll I'll end up changing things so much in like my second draft because I'm like wait 
no, that's not how we mapped it out. I have to like keep this going longer. That reminds me of a show I watched when I can when I was a kid. It's gonna date me, but Scarecrow Mrs. King and he oh, yeah. was like a secret service person and she was a housewife who lost her husband or her husband left her or something like that. And you kept wanting them to get together, but the show was yes. really more about like the secret service and his job and she ended up helping him, I think. But then I don't I don't think they ever got together. And I was at the end I was like, I'm done with this. Yeah, I mean, you have to like have the perfect recipe because you have to keep stringing them along. But at like me being such an avid reader, I know I'm the same way. I get so mad when I'm like, are you kidding me? They never got together. So I have to like have some little breadcrumbs thrown in there to keep people going. At least that's how I feel. But it's been a really cool process. Um, definitely a huge learning curve because I think when I first started writing, I was a lot more of a pantser. I was kind of just like, I have the story in my head and I know who the characters are and I'll just, you know, I know where I want to get it. But I like the freedom of almost being a reader as I write it, kind of like letting the characters lead the story and discovering where it's going to take me. Um, but you can't do that with mysteries. Like they really have to be well thought out, plotted. You have to know what you can share and what you have to hold back and know what you know as the narrator, but not, you know, let the reader know certain things yet. So that has been definitely a big change and it's very, it's humbling and it makes me just respect the incredible mystery thriller writers out there because I'm like, wow, they made this seem like it's this effortless symphony and you know all the hard work that had to go behind the scenes. Right. No, I, it's hard for me just to keep up with my fantasy stuff. So I would definitely be like plotting out each little piece of evidence and yeah rail that I needed to follow so I could definitely see that so that kind of leads us to your last genre and pen name Bella Knight yes so I write paranormal romance um I really don't even know how this one came about okay wait yes I do <laughs> this is what happens when you have so many pen names I feel like I have like four personalities I have to keep channeling here but I was at another book signing and I ended up sitting next to um, Millie Payton, who is a phenomenal paranormal um, romance writer. And she's got a ton of different books and different genres, different subgenres, but all that paranormal. And um, she was talking to me about um, her Kindle world because her one series had done so well that she had been asked by Amazon to start a Kindle world. So that's no longer an Amazon platform, but at the time you could come on as an author, whether you were invited or however it worked um, and write in that world. So Millie invited me to write in that world. And the series was all about um, werewolf shifters and her books are just hilarious and steamy. And she's like, you know, read, read the first one, see if it's something you enjoy. And I just like fall in love with it. It's like a really sassy grown up twilight. So I was hooked instantly. So I wrote in that world and I wrote three um, short novels. They were all around like 20 to 25,000 words. So little novellas. And then after they first came out, I think it was only six months before Amazon terminated the program. So we all got our books back. So it's kind of like, well, they're already written. You know, I have to do something with them. So I decided to um, rewrite them so that they were longer. 
Um, and so I then had three full length novels and decided to publish them. But the same thing, like these were very adult and steamy. So I was like, they absolutely cannot get mixed into what I have going on. Um, so we decided to put them out there under Bella Knight. And um, that was kind of my like little ode to Twilight with the Bella. But <laughs> I, they did really well. And it was cool because it was a completely different pool of readers. And I enjoyed connecting with them and, you know, hearing about all the other books in that genre that I was enjoying reading and the other authors I'd met through Kindle World. So they were doing so well and they were, you know, fun and easy to write. So I wrote three more. So that's a six book series. Um, and I mean, they were just probably the quickest books I've ever written. And I don't know why I think for me, I love writing fantasy because you can write anything. Like anything goes, you don't have to be like, let me fact check if that would ever work in the real world. I'm like, I'm talking about guys that can turn into werewolves. So, you know, you feel like you have the freedom to do anything. So I, I really enjoyed that series. And um, I kind of did my own little multi-author um, project underneath that pen name where we created a new world and I got three other authors um, to write with me. And it's also paranormal romance and all about werewolf shifters and stuff. But it was cool because I was like, you know, tie this into your own series. Like, let's create this world where these four characters all know each other and end up meeting somehow, but tie it back into your own world. Because I like doing that. And these are mostly people I met at Utopia. Um, Colleen Nye and um, Misty Polish and Catherine Stein. So, I mean, it was really fun to, you know, be involved working with them again. And I think it's cool because we all have our own reader base and you get to introduce them to like, you know, I think you're really going to love this book. Like this is an author friend of mine and, you know, check out their catalog. So I love that aspect of it. So this is one of the pen names that I was talking about. I feel bad because I don't have a release coming out this year for it. Um, but it's been a lot like doing the thrillers and the YA. So I was like, okay, next year, Bella, I promise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have tons going on. And I think, yeah, if you can keep two of those or three of those up in the air at one time, I am super impressed. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's what I enjoyed about the um, multi-author projects too, because then you're giving your readers like four new books. Even if I only wrote one in that series, you're giving those people more to read. So that has been a really cool platform that has worked to help juggle so many pen memes. And I've enjoyed doing that because it's just really fun to get to work with other authors because you know, this can be a very solitary career. So it's fun when you can collaborate with others. Very cool. It has been so great learning about all your books. I want you to tell us where we can find you. I mean, do you have a newsletter email list for each of each author or how does that work? I do. Um, so the easiest way to find all my books is on Amazon. Um, I have Kindle, paperback, some of them are in hard cover, cover and some of them are on Audible. Um, and then if you go to crownatlanticpublishing.com, that's where you can see all my pen names and where to sign up for the newsletter. Very cool. So crownatlanticpublishing.com. Guys, if you want to find Christina Benjamin, if you want to find CJ Cross under Mystery Thriller Books, 
CJ Benjamin, her middle grade YA fantasy, and Bella Knight, her paranormal books. Christina, it's been such a joy to see you, number one. Number two, to hear all about your books. I can't believe, um, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, we've caught up from three years of not seeing each other. I know. Great. <laughs> yes, it's been so fun. Thank you so much for having me. And you're so welcome. And I hope to see you again soon. Definitely. Bye. A huge thanks to author Christina Benjamin for being on my podcast. I just finished reading her new romance release, Offsides with My Ex-Boyfriend. I thoroughly enjoyed this fun YA girl power romance. If you'd like to learn more about this romance, head over to my blog at trishacopeland.com backslash blog for my full review. Find Christina in a whole books at crownatlanticpublishing.com and me in my books at trishacopeland.com. Until next time, keep finding the magic.